A look at the Cardinals starting rotation problems in the first half of the season. Some interesting listener responses to the Nolan Arenado trade speculation yesterday. Plus something I absolutely despised about the All-Star game on Tuesday. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Happern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and many, many other places. You can also find us on YouTube. I encourage you to like and subscribe and comment that way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, the first half of the season is in the books, and what has transpired for the Cardinals has kind of been a real slap in the face to the organization, the coaches, the players, the fans, with the way that the Cardinals have underperformed and underachieved. Now, whether or not you believe that you saw this coming last year, which some people say, nope, saw it, knew it was coming, which is a possibility. Some people are smarter than others. Um, you may have seen how they played in September last year and said, oop, that's an issue, or how they fared against teams outside of the NL Central, where they were barely over 500 last year. Kind of a big deal, too. Or maybe you were completely off guard by this and the decline of certain players in the overall play of the team. I stand by the fact that nobody saw the team crashing and burning the way that they have so far in 2023. I know we all had things that we thought they could be better at going into the season and that those were going to be issues, but I don't think anybody saw this coming. You know, in my mind, a bad year for this team coming into the season was if you were right now at the all-star break was to be maybe a game or two under 500, you'd be like, that's pretty disappointing. They're 14 games under under 500 right now. I mean, that is failure to the highest degree. And there's plenty of blame to go around for, for why or how the team got to this point. Uh, you got to start at the top with owner Bill DeWitt Jr. I, I don't know what financial restrictions were given to John Mosellock coming into the year, but he was uh, clearly given a number that was his ceiling when it came to spending. There was a budget that Mo had to stick to, okay? Just like you have a budget at your house and you you don't go over that or else you're in trouble. That's what happened here. And whether that number was 160 to 165 million, uh, Cardinals currently sit at 162 on the active payroll. I don't really know. I don't know what that number was. You know, this is just speculation on my part. Maybe it was like 170 and they left a little bit of room for trade deadline moves this year. I have no idea. I don't know what the number was, but there was a number <laughs> and any major improvements that the team could make in free agency outside of signing Wilson Contreras, because you had to get a catcher clearly got too expensive for whatever that number was. Hence no new free agent signings, no help for uh, the starting rotation, no help for the bullpen. And you don't have to spend a ton of money you don't have to do that to win baseball games. You know, plenty of teams are doing it this season 
where they're winning games, they're doing just fine on smaller budgets. Uh, Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, the Reds in the NL Central, uh, the Marlins. All these teams have payrolls under $100 million. Now, something you look at where some of these teams like Baltimore and, and the Reds have been pretty bad for the last few years, and so they've been able to stockpile some pretty high draft picks, and some of those picks are starting to hit. The, the Cardinals haven't had that luxury. You know, they've been winning for so long that they're always picking in the back half of the draft. And they've been able to land some pretty good picks still, even having draft picks later on. I mean, Jordan Walker, number 21 overall, you know, just an example. But John Mosellock, as much as we want to bash on him, and he deserves it, can only spend what he's allowed to spend. You know, he's got a budget. He's got to stick to that. But what Mo does with that money has been highly questionable for a few years now. I've run Mo through the ringer plenty of times on this show for his decision-making with the money that he's been allowed to spend. You know, we've got all sorts of examples of free agent signings that have been awful, absolutely awful, to back all of this information up. You know, Mike Leake, Dexter Fowler, Brett Cecil, we could go on and on and on and on. You know the names by now. And the one guy that he did spend money on this year was Wilson Contreras. Now, does Wilson Contreras, does that name belong on this list of free agent blunders? I'm not going to go and say that yet. There are things I love about Wilson Contreras. I really do. I love his personality, uh, his effort day in and day out. You never see him loafing. The hitting is starting to come around the way we thought it would, but the signing clearly hasn't worked out the way that Mo thought it would when they gave him the richest free agent contract in club history. Okay. We can, we can be honest about that. It hasn't panned out quite the way we'd hoped it would have. Um, but pitching has been the biggest issue, right? I mean, you could put any blame you want on what's going on in the catcher position and calling games and whatever is going on there. But starting rotation and bullpen has been the real issue for this team. And, it, and it's really why they are where they are. You've got the demise of Adam Wainwright this year which has been downright tragic for fans and the team because nobody likes seeing Adam struggle, right? This is not how we want to remember him, but the facts are the facts. Wayno is three and four with an ERA of 7.44 and 11 starts. The team is four and seven in his starts, and now he's on the injured list. That is not what I think people expected to get out of Adam Wainwright this year when the Cardinals gave him $17.5 million to come back for one final season. Steven Matz, another free agent signing blunder by Mo. We can put him on that list for sure. He's 0-7 on the year with an ERA of 4.65. He's 0-6 in 11 games as a starter. The team is 3-8 in his starts, and he's been much better out of the bullpen recently. And he looked really good against the White Sox before the All-Star break. Is that going to last, though? I mean, we've seen little glimpses of Matz where he can be decent, but it's never been consistent. And it usually right when he starts throwing well is when an injury pops up on him too. So um, don't really know what to expect, but I'm not going to plan on him being as good as he was against Chicago moving forward. I, I feel like that is a little bit foolish to expect that. Jordan Montgomery has been excellent, yet the team is 6-12 and 12 in starts that Jordan Montgomery makes. And early on, we know it was because there was little to no run support for Jordan Montgomery. The Cardinals got shut out in three of Monty's first six starts. He lost a 3-2 to two game to Milwaukee. 
the bullpen blew a game in Cleveland where he started and was winning. They blew the game against the Giants where he started and they were winning. So the the record looks bad at six and twelve when Monty's out there, but it wasn't really on him in a lot of those games. It, it was a lack of offense, and then it was the bullpen implosions that caused the issues there. Miles Michaelis, if you can figure out whatever keeps happening to him in the first inning. The guy's been really, really good outside of the first inning for the most part. And he's doing what you'd expect, I think. The team is 9-10 and 10 when he starts. He's not an ace. He's, he's, he's a good pitcher, a solid number three, number two type of guy. And that's what you signed up for. He has his moments where he looks brilliant out there like he did against the White Sox. And then you have the some games where it's just like, he gets knocked around in that first inning, has a couple of good innings, and then he gives up another home run. And then you're like, what, what just happened? All of a sudden, there's six runs on the board. Uh, Jack Flaherty has had an up and down season. Sometimes he looks completely unhittable, right? People can't figure him out. Other times he's unhittable because they don't need to swing at the, at the ball because he can't find the zone and he's walking people around the bases. But overall, I think Jack's done a pretty good job in his first full season back from all of those injuries that, that he's endured. And the team is 11 and six and starts when Jack Flaherty's out there. Uh, he's had this ability to put people on and then get out of jams all season long. Now, eventually you think those situations are going to catch up with Jack Flaherty and they probably will, but he's winning. He's getting the job done. So when you look at the back end of the rotation, so you, you got, Jordan pitching well, Michaelis doing Michaelis things, Flaherty pitching pretty good. You've got three decent pitchers right there, but it's the back end of the rotation that is really letting you down with Mats and Wainwright. Those were the guys you thought were going to be dependable, that you could stick in there as your four and five, and you'd be okay. They, your four and five would be as good or better than other teams' four and fives, and it hasn't worked. Um, Mats and Wainwright combined have a three and 10 record and in games, they start the team seven and 15. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's uh that's eight losses right there. You know, how many games are they under 500? You know, that, that would have caught you up some if you were doing a little bit better there. And then the guys that you'd hoped could back up the starters in case there were injuries to any of these guys, to, to Jordan, to, to Flaherty, to Michaelis, to Wayno. To Matt's, if you had any issues that you thought you had a couple of guys that were going to be all right in that situation to fill in, and they have not performed very well at all either. You know, people like to bring up the quote from, from Mo earlier in the season. We've got six starting pitchers. Well, not really. I mean, you have them, but they're not any good. Uh, you've got Dakota Hudson, Jake Woodford, and Matthew Libertor. Those were kind of the guys that you thought could be that sixth man, you know, be your swing guys. And none of them have stepped up in that role. Hudson has been in Memphis almost the entire year. It looks like they might be giving him a shot to uh, start some games here in the future, especially if some guys get traded. Uh, Jake Woodford, who won the job out of spring training, got six starts. He was one and two in those with an ERA of 5.72 before they were like, all right, hit the button. Let's abort. Who else we got? And then Matthew Libertor in eight starts, one and three ERA of 6.39. I don't know how to explain Matthew Libertor. Uh, looked really, really good at Memphis this year at the pro level. Nothing. You're just not getting the guy that you thought you were going to be bringing up. And I really had high hopes for him. I, I was really pulling for Libby. And uh, hopefully, you know, he's back down in Memphis and he can get things corrected and, and take another shot at this uh, later on this season. 
The bullpen has obviously been an entirely separate issue. 21 blown saves is redonkulous. Leads the league. That That's sad. Um, and we could go into how bad they've been, but I wanted to focus on the starters here today. So, yes, the Cardinals could use an ace type of guy to stick at the top of the group. And then you would slide everyone back a spot, and that might fix some things. Heck, they could use two, and then you can just kind of push <laughs> Wado and Matt's out of the way, and then you would have your uh, three, four, five guys could be a Michaelis, Monty, Flaherty type of thing. And you'd really be a business, right? But that's a perfect world. But those guys are not just floating around where you can just go grab one if you want to. You know, you've seen the names of like Dylan Cease and Shane Bieber mentioned in deals, but the, the Guardians are in first place right now. Why, why would they move Bieber this year? You know, they still got a year of control of him left. Uh, why would they give him up this year? Maybe something in the offseason, but I can't see why they would trade him now. And um, the White Sox have reportedly said they are open for trades, that there's going to be some movement there, but they're not going to trade Cease, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, or Andrew Vaughn. So four of the biggest guys that anybody wants, they say they're not going to be moving those guys, uh, which leaves Le Lucas Giolito who was also a free agent at the end of the season. Having a good year, though, but you'd have to resign him. And now you've come to this crossroads where two of the three guys that you can trust out of Michaelis, Flaherty, and Montgomery are set to be free agents. Your team's in last place, and now you're going to have to trade them probably in the next two and a half weeks because you're not sure you can resign them or they even want to be here anymore. You know, people have speculated for a while that Jack Flaherty would like to be on the West Coast. Perhaps he does. Jordan Montgomery, who knows? He just seems a little bit bitter about the fact that the Cardinals didn't approach him about re-signing him and giving him an extension before the season started. So does that leave a bad enough taste in his mouth where he's like, I really don't have a lot of interest in being back here? Perhaps. That that's the gamble they took by not talking to him. So um, now it looks like these guys are going to have to be moved. And that's just a weird spot that, that the Cardinals are in right now where, you know, we, we got to, we're not very good. We can try to recoup and get some prospects and try to build up for next year. But to do that, we've got to trade from the places that we're the, we're the weakest at strange spot to be in. Uh, speaking of trade speculation, yesterday we had the story about Nolan Arenado hit the wire, and uh, we got a lot of fan reactions about trading Nolan Arenado, the lone all-star from the St. Louis Cardinals. Would you do it? Would you not do it? I've got reactions to uh, those questions coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. We're now in the middle of summertime, and you know you want to look your best when you're out there, uh, and you want to be comfortable at the same time, right? You want to stay cool, and you want to stay good-looking, right? You know, you, you don't want to wear ugly outfits and ugly clothes. You don't want that. Um, and the shorts that I've been wearing all summer, and I think you're going to love them too, are the shorts from Bird Dogs, okay? The reason why I love the Bird Dogs so much, okay, it's very simple. It is the fact that they stretch. <laughs> I love that. When stretchy jeans became a thing, I was like, yes. Why did it take so long to come up with this idea? And Bird Dogs has the stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a, a truly sculpted look. But at the same time, it's not binding. You know, it's not where it's uncomfortable where you're, you know, you're moving around and adjusting all the time. 
Uh, you don't have that baggy look. It's not a thing anymore. But nobody wears those anymore. That That's not the proper look. You don't want that, guys. Um, bird dogs do the exact same thing that the Lululemon brand does, but they fit way better, which is what you want because they aren't made of that stiff, restricting cotton that, frankly, just does not feel good. I hate that. The stretchiness is so nice. They use a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement. And an extra bonus to these things, because it is summertime in St. Louis, okay? It's hot. It's humid. You're going to be sweaty. They got the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So you can wear them wherever you want, okay? You can wear them on the golf course. You can wear them out to lunch, out to dinner. They're great for all occasions. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. Enter that promo code locked on MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler, which, of course, you can use as the golf course as well. And uh, with your order, they're going to throw that in there. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. The Cardinals are back home this weekend against the Nationals, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, you know, we always love the comments and the suggestions and anything else you want to talk about uh, in the comment section below on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter anytime you want. It's really okay. Anytime you want, at JD uh, Sports Radio and at LO underscore Cardinals. We're available to you. Feedback always welcome and encouraged. And yesterday I went through what I deem a very silly Nolan Arenado trade speculation type of thing that went on yesterday. You know, let's be honest. The, what happened yesterday, John Heyman posting that was done for clicks. Okay. There was really not a lot to this story. You know, he, he's from the New York Post. He puts up a flashy headline that made people say, whoa, what? Nolan Arenado doesn't, thinks he might be traded? That's not exactly what happened there. I don't think he's going anywhere. I hope he ends his career in a Cardinals uniform. It doesn't always happen, though. We've had great players before who have come through, been stars, and then end up somewhere else. Scott Rowland, Albert Pools, Albert Pools ended up in a couple places. Jim Edmonds, you know. Arnado is a legit superstar. He loves being in St. Louis. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. But yesterday's write-up about the fact that, you know, it's business and, you know, things happen, it brought on some discussion, which is always healthy, in my opinion, to, to discuss different subjects and different ways of looking at stuff, you know? Instead of just assuming that Arnado wants to be here and will never leave, what if he was okay with getting moved? What could we do there? And it's just a fun discussion. So, um I got a lot of responses yesterday, to, to put it lightly, uh, about what the Cardinals should do in a situation like this. Should they entertain the idea of moving Nolan? And here are some of the uh, responses. Uh, responses. Rouse Fire says, I would not trade Arenado. He's the best player on the team. Goldie, I would trade for the right deal. Our outfield defense would be improved, and Walker is built for first. He's a third baseman, so first would be an easy transition. But like you pointed out before, do we trust Mo to make a good deal? And, you know, he, he brings up, you know, I'm, doesn't want to trade Arnado. I get that. Says, hey, maybe maybe Goldie would be somebody we should move. I don't think they're going to do that either. I think that's, you know, I, when I brought that up a couple of weeks ago, I did it just because I was trying to think of something outside of the box, a, a non-normal Cardinal thing to do. I don't think they're going to trade Paul Goldschmidt either. I don't think that's uh, that's even something to think about. But 
you do bring up the outfield in this, and that's another aspect to this season that kind of blew up in the Cardinals' face. There have been so many things that have gone wrong. We had a lot of expectations for this outfield going into the season. You know, well, the thing was, we have so many outfielders. We don't even know what to do with them all. We can't play them all. We've got we've got guys who should be starting in the pros uh, still down in Memphis. You know, guys like Juan Yepes, you know, does Moises Gomez, is he ever going to get a look? You know, we've got all these dudes. And because of injuries to Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson and Lars Nupar, all of them, I would say, have had subpar years. You know, I, I, I as much as I love Newt, I said it in the offseason last year, this coming into the season. I don't know if his if, if he'll ever be worth more than he is right now because everybody was in love with him. And if you could trade Newt at his high point and get a bunch of other things to help fix your rotation and your bullpen in return, and you had this gluttony of outfielders where it wouldn't hurt you as much, why wouldn't you do it? They said, no, they're not going to trade him. And here we are. We, we're, we're in a season where Tommy Edmond is playing center field now. Like, who had that on their bingo board coming into the season? I sure as heck didn't. And again, with the Goldie trade ideas, it, it's fun to just talk about it, but he's got a no-trade clause. He doesn't have to go anywhere if he doesn't want to. But even if – what is the right deal for Paul Goldschmidt if you, if you, if you were to trade him? If he said, yeah, I'm cool with going wherever you want me to go, like just play pretend – what is the right deal? You know, what, what is he worth? The reigning NL MVP. What is that worth on the open market? I don't know. I don't know what people think he's worth when uh, you're talking about a guy on the wrong side of 35. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. But let me know in the comments what you think the right deal for somebody like Paul Goldschmidt would be. I'm interested to hear what you think. Uh, Daryl Dixon writes, I would trade Arenado, but only for Shohei Otani. All right. Let's flip them. Let's go. Uh, heck no, I wouldn't trade Arenado, he says. He's just too valuable, and the return would likely be underwhelming, kind of like what we traded away for him. But his back problems worry me. I mean, we've seen what it did to Matt Carpenter. Uh, the Otani stuff that you bring up there, that's fascinating to me because a week or two ago, I – banged the table and said, Shohei Otani ain't going nowhere. He's either going to stay in L.A. with the Angels or he's going to go to the Dodgers. I don't think he's leaving L.A. at all. But I didn't think the Angels would let him get away, nor would they move him. But Mike Trout is out now for a long time. They've lost five in a row, nine of their last ten. They're going down. They're heading in the wrong way. Can the Angels even afford to hang on to him, risking him walking at the end of the season? I mean, talk about a rock and a hard place. We think we got problems here in St. Louis, right? Imagine having the greatest player on the planet on your roster and you still can't win. And now you got to think about trading him. You have him and arguably the second best player in the world in baseball with Mike Trout on your team and you're still not winning. Imagine what, what, what would be going on in Cardinal Nation if that was the problems we're dealing with. And, like, if you're the Cardinals, like, just thinking about Shohei Otani, you're the Cardinals, and you think you can trade for him and, and re-sign him at the end of the season, what would you be willing to give up for Shohei Otani? I would love to hear those. What if they asked for uh, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Nolan Gorman, and Team Kents? Would you do it? I mean, it's Shohei Otani. Arguably the best pitcher on the planet. One of the best hitters on the planet. 
for sure. What do you think? Would you give up all those guys? I mean, if you're the Angels, would you trade him for anything less? Uh, Dylan Rawlings, 39, says, no one isn't going anywhere. Heyman's quotes weren't in the best context. Derek Gould had a much better breakdown of the interview. Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker have both changed positions to accommodate Arenado. The Cardinals will be idiotic to trade Arenado with four years of control left. An Arenado trade says you don't expect to be good for the next five years. Well said. Well said, Dylan. And I don't think that's where the Cardinals are. Like, you know, we've pointed out a lot of the, the issues that are going on with the team. Sure, personnel stuff, but some of this stuff might be fixable. You know, the blown saves, if you can shave down that, you know, 21 is unbelievable. Like, I still can't believe they've got 21 blown saves at the All-Star break. Uh, you shore up the bad defense, okay? May, people are speculating that because of the changes in the shift, that's what's led to the Cardinals not being as good defensively. I don't know. I've just seen him make a lot of stupid and dumb plays out there. And I'm not talking, and it's not like shift stuff. It's like, it's like stuff where they drop fly balls or easy grounders where they take their eye off of it. Just dumb stuff. You know, if you clean that up a little bit, you would be a much better team. And it's something that Arenado actually brought up uh, in that interview that he thinks is leading to a lot of the issues as far as wins of lo- wins and losses with the team is how bad the defense has been. And he thinks if they can clean that up, that they'd be in a much better spot for sure. All of this is easier said than done, isn't it? Especially with the uncertainty of what you got going on with the rotation next year. But this isn't a team that I think needs to be torn down and dismantled and rebuilt from the ground up. You know, we're not there. There's still a lot of talent on this team. It's just underachieving in a lot of different ways. So it's going to be interesting to see what pieces Mo can get at the deadline to fix these problems. Again, can you trade two starters who are going to be free agents and arguably your top bullpen arm in Jordan Hicks to fix the problem, which is your rotation in your bullpen? You're getting the rid of the best pieces of the problems you're the worst at. Like, that's mind-blowing, right? That That's where we're at. It's it's crazy. Do you sell low on guys like uh, Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson? Their worth can't be much. Does someone try and pry Tommy Edmond or Ryan Helsley away from you? Or what about Lars Newbar? What if somebody comes in and says, hey, we got a bunch of pitching prospects. We'd love to give them to you, but you got to give us Lars Newbar. Would you entertain that considering where we are? Like, how are they going to fill this rotation next year? <laughs> like, who are they going to bring in? It's saying that Helsley, or not Helsley, but uh, Flaherty and Montgomery don't resign. Like, pretend they're just gone. Like, who who's left? Who are you putting in there? Big problem. All right. Thoughts on the All-Star game coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing, we're always changing, and therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't really know why we blow up at our significant other or at your children. You know, why, why do we react the way we do to certain things until we're able to talk things through and then have a better understanding of why we're feeling the way we are? And it's always nice to have someone there to just talk to. It's always nice to have that. You know, we do therapy here on Locked on Cardinals, talking about Cardinals baseball. It's been a tough year. Together, we work our way through these things. And better help can benefit you in things outside of Cardinal baseball, other aspects of life. They can connect you with 
a licensed therapist who can take you on the journey of self-discovery from wherever you are, whether it's a good or a bad place. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. So that way you can do this when you feel you need to do it, not when your therapist just has time to squeeze you in. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on MLB today. That way you can get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on MLB. After the All-Star break is complete, the Cardinals will be back in action at home against the Washington Nationals on Friday. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Um, I mentioned earlier this week that I'd be at the game on Saturday. I will not be at the game on Saturday. In fact, I was completely wrong, and my mom had to correct me. I will be at the game on Sunday on Sunday. So uh, if you're going to be down at Bush Stadium and uh, you happen to bump into me, don't be shy. Say hi. Uh, I love talking to you guys. You guys are great. Uh, last night, the National League wins for the first time in nine years, right? Defeats the American League three to two. Uh, I've got some things I really like, some things I don't like so much about what happened at the All-Star game. So let's start with the good stuff. 32-year-old rookie, or not rookie, but Rockies catcher, uh, Elias Diaz. The game-winning two-run dinger off Orioles closer Felix Bautista to earn uh, MVP honors. How cool is that? Like, that's awesome. First-time All-Star, career 248 hitter. What's he even doing at the All-Star game, right? Had time with Pittsburgh and Colorado. Ends up being the hero in this one. I love that. I think that's great. Um, I like the stuff with Cal Ripken Jr. I was a big fan back in the day. Uh, they had a, a discussion with Jr. out on the field before the game talking about when he was in Seattle at his last All-Star game and how he and A-Rod switched positions. And uh, that was neat, you know, kind of throwing a bone to the older fans that remember these times. Um, I like the kid who ran around the bases at the beginning of the game. Can you imagine doing that as a kid? That was so awesome. High-fiving all of his favorite players as he makes the uh, trek around the bases. Uh, the Shohei Otani come to Seattle chants were cool. The crowd was awesome in Seattle. They're fantastic in every single sport. Football, hockey now, baseball. They probably were really good at basketball when they had the Supersonics, but you got to love Seattle crowds. They're always great. Um, I love the interaction with the players on the field, with the play-by-play guys, the uh, Mookie, Freddie Freeman stuff early on in the game. Outstanding. Hearing them go back and forth and ribbing each other and just two dudes having a good time. Two players, two uh, teammates having a great time out there at an all-star game, just enjoying their time. And, um, Julio Rodriguez facing Kimbrell at the end of the game. Great drama. I loved it. Things I didn't like so much. The uniforms are stupid. I might sound like one of those old get-off-my-lawn type of guys right now, but I hate. I absolutely hate, despise with every fiber of my being the fact that the players are not wearing the uniform of the team in the city that they play for. I hate this. It's been going on for a couple of years now. Get rid of it. It's so horrible. It's a stupid money grab for a company that doesn't need money. They're doing just fine. Everyone looked great in their uniforms at the Derby, right? Home run Derby, everybody sitting around, they got their team jersey. Everything looked great. Put them back in the All-Star game, please. Stop it. They don't need to be wearing black pants and weirdo jerseys out there. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Also, when you select a player to talk to during the game, Fox, 
Make sure he's got a personality <laughs> to be entertaining. Nathan Evaldi, good pitcher. Not exactly the most exciting person to hear on the mound. I compared him to the color guy in the movie Major League, who hardly says a word. Dynamite drop in, Monty. The guy didn't talk. What was the point of that? You had guys like Mookie, Freeman, Soto, Hayter. Uh, there were tons of guys that they talked to, and those guys were entertaining. Stick to those guys who have colorful personalities, not the dude that doesn't speak. Um, it just had, it was just awkward silence the whole time. It was bizarre. Um, and I wish I could understand. This is probably more my problem than a problem for the All-Star game, but I wish I could understand what the hell David Ortiz is saying half the time. I have no idea what the guy's talking about. It just sounds like gibberish to me. I have no clue. And I know he's got a big personality and he's always laughing and the guys are always pushing each other and like, and that's fine. But I don't know what Big Poppy is talking about when he speaks. I'm, I'm completely lost half the time. And do we need the East Coast biased on the panel? Does it have to be just Yankees and Boston Red Sox guys? Really? A-Rod, Poppy, and Jeter? Does the rest of the country not exist? Can we not do something about that? I saw a lot of stuff with Ken Griffey Jr. Um, leading up to the game, you know, obviously being in Seattle and him being such a, a huge part of that. He was entertaining. Like, I don't need just Yankees and Red Sox guys, okay? Switch it up. Add some more Add some more teams, legends from other teams in there. That, that would be my recommendation. Uh, next year, the game will be at another American League field. They'll be in Arlington, Texas, home of the Rangers for the uh, All-Star Game in 2024. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast for this week in series against the Washington Nationals with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. If you have things that you liked and disliked about the All-Star Game, let me know in the comments below on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.